everyone, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. You're here today with Kara Williard, and you can check out all the other stuff we are doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Well, for this week's episode, I had the opportunity to talk with Coalition Snow founder and CEO Jen Gorecki. Now, for those that don't know, Coalition Snow has been doing things a little differently for some time. In fact, they are coming up on 10 years this upcoming season, and they are a fully women-owned and operated ski and snowboard company based in Reno, Nevada. I got to talk with Jen about what it's looked like to build this hard goods company from the ground up in an industry that historically has not offered many chances for women to own or found companies, especially hard good companies. So it was great to talk to Jen about what this has looked like. She discusses Coalition's goals and how they have changed over the last 10 years, plus a bunch of really unique initiatives that Coalition Snow offers in order to keep growing our snow sports community. Jen also talks us through the 2324 ski and snowboard lineup, and she drops the name of a really interesting new ski that I dare not repeat because I'm sure to butcher it. And whether it's the best or worst name you have ever heard, I will let you decide based on what you think at the end of this episode. Jen was a lot of fun to talk to, and it's interesting to hear from a brand that has maintained authenticity and has really focused on their values, even when things were kind of tough. So thanks, Jen, for reflecting on all of that with me. Just a reminder, we opened up our registration for the 2024 Blister Summit, and if you sign up right now, you will benefit from our early bird pricing. This is a phenomenal deal for our four-day demo event, which we are hosting again in Mount Crested Butte, Colorado, this upcoming February 4th through the 8th. It is sure to be what some will be calling the best week of the season, or at least that's what they've called it for the last three years. And so please check out the link in our show notes to register today and do not miss this fourth annual Blister Summit. Before we get going, this week's episode of Gear 30 is brought to you by our Blister recommended shop, Gear West. Gear West is located in Long Lake, Minnesota, and they are more than just a store. Some call it a community. They offer MasterFit certified boot fitters, a robust selection of ski services, a large Nordic section, a bike shop, a running department, and more. And so whether you're a runner looking for a gait analysis or a skier looking for a custom pair of ski boots, Gear West offers an impressive level of specialty services. Check out their website for informational articles, events, and more. And also be sure to check out Gear West on your next trip through Long Lake. And with that, let's dive into my conversation with Jen. All right. Well, I am here today with Jen Gorecki from Coalition Snow. Jen is a co-founder of Coalition Snow and CEO, and I am super excited to have the chance to speak to you. So thanks so much for being here, Jen. How's it going today? And uh, just maybe dive in a bit about your season, because I know you're just talking about how epic it's been. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Um, How's it going today? Well, I'm not skiing powder, so it's not going as well as nearly every other day this winter. Um, But certainly, I'm enjoying not being up like at the crack of dawn to get out. Like it's, it's nice to have a bit of, of a rest, but um, yeah, things are going well. It's, it's April. So it's time to sort of wrap up the season. That's what we're doing. 
Yeah. And we were just talking a bit. I know you're based in Reno and it's just been such a out of control season for you guys around there. So I'm sure having a rest day is not a bad thing, given that you've skied a lot of amazing conditions all season long. It's true. I might have tennis elbow as well. I might have some injuries. So yeah, <laughs> needed to That's funny. Break. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> tennis elbow because you're a snowboarder I was yeah. thinking I actually have had some uh, elbow pain from too many pole plants this season but maybe explain how you got uh yeah tennis elbow as a snowboarder it's from like ripping your back binding so hard like just being oh. so pumped up like you get off the li- like you get down to the lift after a run and there's no time to waste so you're just ripping your back binding so I have I've I Google told me I have tennis elbow and I believe Mm. Google Google also said that it can take six to 18 months for it to like actually get better. So I will go to a doctor after 18 months. It's on the calendar. We will see. But uh, yeah, I have tennis elbow from ripping snowboard bindings too hard all winter because I couldn't control myself. Wow. Yeah. It's one of those unexpected injuries that occurs from too much pow throughout the season. Mm -hmm. So maybe just, uh, you know, allowing some, some rest days and some, uh, spring activities will just hopefully take care of that on its own. Yeah. Well, I've already started biking and that's been okay. So. Oh, good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, um, let's get into it. I mean, Coalition Snow is a super interesting brand with an amazing story to it. And I think without me even getting too far into what makes it unique, I just want to hear it straight from you because, you know, you are the one who founded this company um, and it's, you know, kind of evolved quite a bit since then, I'm sure. So maybe just get into it as far as how Coalition Snow came to be and what some of the initial goals were when you went, (laughs) when you set out to found this company and why did it feel necessary to you at the time? To be honest, the reason why I started Coalition is because I'm one of the most naive people you'll ever meet. No one should ever start a hard goods company, seasonal hard goods company in a male dominated sport. Not the smartest decision I ever made. So I was, you know, relatively naive, which is why I was even able to pull this off. Um, And also sort of wildly dissatisfied with what I saw in the industry. So someone who had skied and snowboard, you know, like I, I started skiing and snowboarding when I was 16. Um, I didn't grow up in it, but I got into it when I was in high school, moved to Flagstaff, cut my teeth at Arizona Snow, Snow Bowl, then moved to Tahoe and was living in Tahoe for quite a while. And um, it's not that difficult to look around you and see how in snow sports, particularly a decade ago, no one looked like me and no one actually looked like anything but a straight cis white man. And that was the industry and that and and all like the entire perspective of what it meant to recreate in the outdoors to 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 love skiing and snowboarding was all through through that lens. Um and so I think that a lot of people have have consistently and, and even continue to feel like they exist in the margins of the sport. Um, And I thought that there could be a way to unravel that a bit. And I don't, I I think that to make change, you have to be willing to push and you have to be willing to take chances. And so I knew that what I wanted to accomplish in snow sports and in the outdoors in general wouldn't have happened without us doing something really bold. And so I could have started, for example, a snow sports company that made beanies. But 
that's what women do. Women do clothing, women do fashion, women do accessories. So it wouldn't have had um, the same impact as choosing to start a hard goods brand. Um, and because I had skied and snowboarded for so many years and really built my life around powder days, like I'm, I have always been and continue to be as passionate as any other, um, you know, indie fa- founder or people who work in, in the industry. We're all kind of the same when it comes to that. I just sort of see my company um, and, and, you know, what our work is a little bit differently. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. And of course, that is such a unique space to occupy as far as being women owned and operated. um, And to just dive right in and say, no, we're going to make skis, we're going to make snowboards. Um, But maybe let's just get in a bit deeper as far as how did those early days look like once you'd made this decision, what did it look like to actually start this company and kind of get the momentum to build products that you felt strongly about and um, have, you know, since kind of had an impact on the market? I mean, it was it was hell. I uh, screamed into my pillow a lot up until a few years ago. Lots of screaming. <laughs> that in seems pillows. fair. Yeah, it's um, certainly starting a business is difficult for anyone. Being in hard snow sports, hard goods is difficult for anyone. It's um, you add extra layers when um, you're like me and when you're like our our team. I would say that you know, getting started, I. Um, we weren't really accepted or embraced by the industry. I thought then, and I continue to think today, that there's a lot of people who don't believe that we actually know how to build skis and, and snowboards. I think that there's quite a bit of gender bias. And I think that that falls um, amongst all humans. I don't think that this is just men in the industry. I think women also think that we don't know what we're doing. Um, and that is that was sort of a tough pill to swallow because I think when you start something like what we started with coalition, you would expect that people would embrace the change and and welcome something new. Um, And what I learned pretty quickly is that that wasn't the case and that, and that didn't really matter how hard you worked or or the, um, the quality of your product, because at the end of the day, we don't look like the people who make skis. So pretty quickly, we had to think about, you know, what was it that we were going to do to, to prove that we know what we're doing? I mean, here we are, we're getting next year is going to be our 10th year. We have distribution in the largest outdoor retailers in the United States. We've had Olympian ski on our skis in the Olympics. Uh, we have virtually no um, manufacturer de- defect returns or returns in general. Like I actually don't know what the fuck it's going to take for people to realize that we know what we're doing, but maybe after all of that of 10, 10 years, but um so I, I feel like that was, I feel like I was pretty naive to that um, at the beginning. And it really just made me actually want to work harder. Um, so yeah, and I would say like, obviously, like, just navigating, um, you know, some, some winters are, you know, amazing snow years, and you sell more skis and some don't. And then you have, you know, supply chain issues, and we had everything with with COVID. So I think just from a business standpoint, just like learning how to manage your cla- your cash flow and learning how to manage your your production. So, um, but yeah, the early days, I just primarily remember screaming into pillows. I don't have anything. I don't remember anything else. That's it. That's all I got. Just a big, big fl- frustrating blur. It sounds like. Yeah, it was. It's definitely one of the more difficult things I've chosen to do, and I've actually started a business in East Africa. And um, this, this rivals that. So yeah. 
Yeah. Well, of course, um, I mean, what you were doing at the time was so important and still is to this day. And of course, just sticking to it and being resilient and continuing to prove, you know, what is out there as far as all the work that you're putting into it, um, I think is amazing. And I think it's also really cool to just kind of flip this whole model on its head as far as like we're designing products for women by women. And so maybe just talk a bit more about what that looks like as far as bringing women into the fold when it comes to product design and prototyping and some of those processes that haven't historically included women necessarily and how you kind of decided to flip that model on its head and um, really include women from the very beginning. Yeah, I would say, I mean, uh, Kurt, but our, what, what we like to say now is that we make skis and snowboards for people. So it's skis and snowboards designed by women because any human can enjoy our skis and snowboards if it's the right if it's the right fit, right? Like it should really just be about what type of terrain do you like to be on, like conditions, um, your, you know, how the way in which you ski or board and then matching that with the right, right product. So we have lots of men who are on our skis yeah. and boards now, which is really um, amazing to see. Um, so while we started as saying that we make products for women by women, um, we evolved out of that um, just as a way you know, we, we recognize that we weren't being inclusive by, by doing mm -hmm. that. And so we continue to still be an all women team who designs our product. And, and what has never changed is that we, we center women in the experiences, uh, it will in the process of design and pro prototyping. So while men can certainly, you know, have an incredibly good time on our skis and boards, they're not a part of our prototyping. We don't include their feedback in the way that we, we design things. We essentially just make the shit that we want to ski and ride on. We are exactly the same as every other indie ski brand in the whole world of all times that we're just people who love to slide on snow. And then we make the things that we like to slide on snow with. And it's actually that simple. We don't get into like anatomy and physiology and all of that. It's like, we live in the Sierra. What, what would you want? to have an amazing day in, in the Sierra. As we have grown as a company, we've been able to add additional models and think about our friends on the East Coast and di different places, right? And um, But we're really just making the gear that we want to be on. And because we're an all-women team, and because our ambassador team is all women, like that's... And the majority of our customers are not men. That who That's who's centered in the design prototyping testing process and at the ad end of the day because we're so good at what we do even boys like them too so it's yeah it's good boom that's awesome <laughs> yeah and i think it's really important to i mean we talk about this at blister a lot as far as um you know we don't really care who ends up on the product, that product could be suited for so many different types of people. Um, a ski doesn't necessarily, I mean, doesn't know your gender. It might know how much you weigh and the type of skier you are and your style and things like that. Um, so, you know, in some, in some regard, we've been like, well, there's a really important emphasis on like just seeing skis with kind of a unisex lens. Like mm -hmm. anyone can be, um, you know, depending on who you are, this ski might work perfectly for you. Um, so I, I think that's cool that you've kind of evolved that framework, but that at the beginning of that process, you really are thinking about 
including women and um, just having that like sort of through the prototyping process and everything else, having women centered, because that's historically probably where we've been left out the most. So that's really yeah. cool to hear about. Well, and, and the thing is, is that it, the reality of the world is that you can't ignore gender. It's that it, it, there is no such thing as unisex when you have human beings behind the processes, right? So if you have uh, primarily men who are the ones who are responsible for all the design, all the pro pro prototyping, they manage the testing, they determine production, they de they're sitting behind the marketing departments. If that, mm -hmm. and that in this, you know, snow sports industry, again, continues to be, you know, cisgendered straight white men, which I love some of those guys, like some of those guys, yeah. like I bring them home. Sometimes they, I kick them out at, you know, 8am. I don't know. So I have no problem with them necessarily. It's just fact, right? That those are the people who still continue to dominate the industry. And so we are just doing something. We offer a fundamentally different process and perspective than our peers. And we offer one that actually expands the industry outside of what we are used to seeing, um, which I think is fundamentally important from um, a business standpoint. Absolutely. Well, those are some great distinctions and good ways for people to think about what you're doing differently. So thanks for putting that out there and for doing it for almost 10 years now. That's sure. really awesome. Sure. <laughs> um, so, I mean, what else has maybe kind of changed since that original founding in 2014 and how has the company grown? I mean, at this point, you know, you're doing snowboards, you're doing skis. Um, I've spent time on your skis. I've been super impressed with them. I, yes. I want to spend more time on them and I think I will have the chance here pretty soon. And so maybe just talk about what the evolution has looked like over the last decade and uh, yeah. And what's changed. Yeah, well, we, we started off really small and that that was purposeful because one thing that I saw was that if um, indie brands didn't make it, oftentimes it was because they produced too much. Um, you know, they, they went they went really big out the gate. And so we started really small and really slowly. And that was on purpose so that we could actually become a sustainable brand, um, you know, a financially sustainable business. I didn't want to shut down after a couple of years because we overproduced or put out too too many models without really knowing um, what what was going to sell best and what people really want, wanted. So what's changed is that we've grown from two skis and one snowboard to, God, I think next year we're going to have six skis. We're working on a, a new ski right now that's going to come out next season. Um, we have four sno snowboards. Um, so we've grown our, our line, um, in terms of the number of, of models that we offer, we've increased our size range. So we offer skis, you know, at a 157 up to a 180, which again, if, if you think about sizing, that's been geared toward women, that's sort of un unheard of as well. Um, so from a, a product standpoint, we've, you know, just offer more to people, people have more choices. And that's important. People like to be able to make, make good decisions for themselves and get on things that, um, you know, you want to have the right tool for, for the job. So we have a lot of choices. Uh, so that certainly is one way that we've grown and evolved. I think also like just being around, like we've really come into ourselves and come into our own voice of like who we are and what we do. And, um, just being, just having a lot of confidence in that and not trying to chase trends in the industry or be like anyone else and just show up and say, well, this is us and everybody else is welcome to be them. And we don't necessarily want, 
we don't think, I don't think that other um, founders and CEOs and brands necessarily should be like coalition. I know y'all can't do it also, but um, for a lot of reasons, but I think that like, I just think that we're at a point where we're really confident in what we're doing, even though we know that not everybody necessarily appreciates what we do or thinks that we should be doing it. We're okay. Cause we know exactly why we do it. And having this many years to consider that has allowed us to actually document this and, um, you know, put it into our, our systems, like into our SOPs, into our ha- handbook. Like we've actually built a culture around that. Um, and so what started off is, I would say, like a lot of things in my head, you know, all of this um, academic theory, this feminist theory that I, from my master's degree and my, my, my PhD, all of that has actually sort of been infiltrated into the, the daily work and, and the culture of the, the, the company. And just, you know, through that process of all these years, realizing the mistakes that, that we've made around not being not being what we could be, um, and working on, on being better and, and doing better and, and really, um, showing up for like the community and the culture that we want to help build in the industry at large. Yeah, that's amazing. And I will say, I mean, I think Coalition Snow has a very confident and authentic voice and it's really inspiring to see in the industry that you're just kind of not really, uh, you know, reeling to what the industry is or has been, but kind of just defining your own voice and your own presence in the industry, which is probably exactly what you needed to do if you were going to do it uh, well. So I think that's really cool to see. Thank you. Yeah. And it is like, what you see is what you get. Like if you go to our Instagram, yeah, that's us. That's how we, that's how (laughs) all of us roll through, through the world. If you go to the website, like while we do have marketing meetings, every Wednesday at 2pm to discuss campaigns and and various things. It's like we show up as ourselves, like who we are as as people. And I think that's one thing that resonates with with people is that because we show up as ourselves, we welcome other people to show up as themselves. And we're not expecting them to be anything but who they are. And that is innovative in the industry. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, I think you mentioned a bit about workplace culture and kind of growing a team. So before we maybe kind of pivot and talk some more details of all the things that Coalition Snow does, um, what does it look like to sort of evolve and grow as a team? And um, what's it looking like these days as far as, you know, how how big are you and how, yeah. how's it all going on, on the team end? Yeah, well, I don't scream in pillows so much anymore, but I am, <laughs> I'm exhausted, obviously. Um, it's really cool. We have a, a incredible team. Um, so, you know, we have, let's see, how many of us are full-time now? We have one, two, three, about four of us that are full-time. And then we have three part-time people. So when we first started, it was myself and Lauren, our creative director. And, you know, certainly businesses, you see people come and go, but we were always really small. And now I mean, we're, we're still small, right? Like that's a, we have less than five full time people. Um, but uh, so that's, that's where, where the team's at. We have um, three people here in Reno, including myself. And then we have some people who work um, remotely, which is, which is great too. Um, so yeah, that's the team we've, we, you know, started off just selling skis and snowboards online over the years, we've been able to develop relationships with REI, Backcountry, Evo, Next Adventure, Sports Basement, just heaps of, of different re, uh, retailers around the country. So we've been able to expand in that in that way. 
Um, and we just opened up our first year, first year round brick and mortar shop here in Reno. So we, that store is called Far Out because you can't sell anything in July if the name Snow is in your name. I know that <laughs> from the last nine years of trying to sell things in summertime. Um, so know. we, you know, that's, we had to think of something clever that would resonate with a broader audience and something that would allow us to have the shop year round. So we just opened that in November. So, and we started um, group adventure tours as well. So we um, ran a trip to Japan. We have a trip to Bachelor next week. We've got some trips in Kenya this summer. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of like an adult now. That's probably like the biggest thing that's happened <laughs> is that it's, I'm 45 years old and I might finally kind of be like an adult a little bit. Um, <laughs> and that certainly, um, you know, that's been <laughs> interesting for me to go through. That's also I'm not super comfortable with it, but yeah. Well, that's, I mean, really exciting to hear just how much you have going on and, uh, you know, how the team has grown and how, you know, it's helped the brand progress and hopefully kind of help you gain some more sanity back. That's amazing. Um, also good to maybe dive in a bit more about this retail space, because I think that's kind of a unique approach to take as far as, you know, being a being a ski and snowboard company and then opening up a brick and mortar space. So maybe just talk a bit more about Far Out. Yeah, well, per the usual, the shop is nothing like what people think it would be. <laughs> and it's not... <laughs> There's a theme of like, do things differently, surprise people, push boundaries. Like that's kind of what we do over here. But um, I didn't want to open a gear shop. Number one, I don't need to compete with other local gear shops in the area. I know how how difficult um, that can be. So, uh, you know, wanted to complement the local eco- ecosystem rather than compete. Um, and also just wanted to do something really differently. So so while you can find our skis and snowboards in far out, and you can also find different um, goods for your outdoor ad- adventures, the shop is really re- revolves around adventure, outdoors, and travel. And and you can find goods that are inspired by the outdoors or inspired by nature, but aren't technical. So we are not a technical gear shop. We are really looking to welcome the. Um, as many people as possible into the store who have some sort of connection to nature and the outdoors and offer them a wide variety of products that both like bring the outdoors inside into their homes and or get them outside. So uh, that's that's sort of like we're not a gear shop. We're more of a uh, boutique, I would say. Um, but then the other thing that I love about our shop and, I, and I'm really proud of it, like I'm just... Like, it, like, I kind of like tear up and I get these like, I like goosebumps a little bit of like, holy fuck, we're like doing this. Um, you know, we get to we get to put our money where our mouth is, we get to walk the talk, like we have so many women owned brands in our store, we have so many BIPOC owned brands in our store. Um, we are by carrying these goods in our shop, we are helping to build the outdoor community that we want to be in. So um, it's just really special to me to know that we are we are financially supporting these other businesses who we fundamentally believe should exist and need to thrive in the industry so that it grows into something that is more in, inclusive um, and really just 
again, like I'll say it a million times, like we don't need snow sports to be smaller. We need, we need more people to want to slide on snow. There's too many obstacles and barriers. So, um, you know, the more that we can do to sort of grow that, and if that means creating this experience and, and creating, um, the sort of culture that it's not just about hucking yourself off cliffs. It's not about jumping out of hel- helicopters. It's not about skiing hard and, and going big, that there's this, um, this range of experiences that exist in the outdoors and sort of honoring all of that. I love that that's what we're building in the shop, both in terms of the products that we offer and which brands we are supporting in there. Nice. Yeah, that's really cool. And of course, you know, like you said, being able to put your money where your mouth is, but also like really live your values in different ways and in different facets of the ski industry so that you are like building a broader ecosystem. You know, you started with the ski and snowboard company, and now you're able to carry it through into other aspects of the industry. So that's, that's really unique and, and cool to hear about. Um, which leads me to the other part I want, wanted to dive a bit more into, which is some of these trips that you're going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's just talk about how those came to be. I know you said before we jumped on to the uh, podcast that you have some experience of, as a guide. Mm-hmm. So maybe talk about how that part of your life is now carrying through into this next part and how these trips came to be and what, what the goal was when you started to uh, design some of these. Yeah, it's really interesting how, you know, your life kind of comes full circle. I never thought that I would go back to this part of my life. But in my, in um, all of my 20s, in my early 30s, I um, worked for the University of California at Berkeley, and I ran 40 day wilderness courses for them. I worked for the California Conservation Corps and in in Tahoe, um, and ran outdoor programming for them. I owned a whitewater rafting company and ran single and multi-day tours. So I have extensive um, experience with logistics, risk management, um, plan all all of the things um, specifically in the outdoors. So, and then you know when I when I started my business in East Africa and started Coalition Snow. I kind of left all that behind and, and I was actually happy to leave it all behind because I was working with a lot of younger people. I know a lot of people like children. I like it when you have them. I like it when I don't <laughs> have to be responsible for them. So I was working with a lot of young people and I was like, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. I'm, I'm good. So, um, and I just wasn't, I didn't really want to work with clients like that um, at the time. So it was a nice shift. Um, but I, uh, I kind of came back to it actually last summer when I ran a cycling trip across Kenya. And so with my dear friend, James Savage, his, his family owns an um, adventure travel company there. His father was the first person um, to start recreational whitewater rafting in, in Kenya. Um, and so he and I, a couple of years ago, did this cycling tour from Nairobi down to Cape Town. And after that, you know, well, when we were sort of coming out of COVID, he said, Jen, we should really run this cycling tour across Kenya and do it as a fundraiser for your work in in Kenya. And I was like, that's a great idea, James. So we put this trip together last year and had um, 15 people join us cycling from Nairobi to the coast. And then based on the success of that, and also looking again at like, how do you build a sustainable year round business because skis and snowboards don't do it. It just made sense to um, put together this 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 fuller vision of far out this this concept um, and really also align the store with the with the trip. So now we're running 
um, multiple trips per, per year. So we have a trip to Japan to ski every year. We have the cycling trip again. We have this trip to, to Bachelor. And the goal is within the next two years to be running group adventure tours um, at least every other month. And the majority of those trips will cater toward um, women, non, non-binary um, community. Um, occasionally, we might let some men in. I don't know. Maybe. I just It's partly just because I don't understand men. We just don't totally understand each other. I don't know what they want. I don't know how to show... Like I'm like, I'm confused. That's really... <laughs> it's not that like I'm like, ooh, man. I'm more just like, I don't know, you guys. I'm super confused. So um, we'll likely just continue to, to focus around that. And even if we, you know, as we grow, grow trips and make them, um, open to all humans, we're always going to center the experiences of, um, women, non-binary and, and the BIPOC community. So, um, yeah, the trips are fun. We ride bikes, we shred pow, we make new friends, we eat good food, we operate like it's, and it's, and they're open to all different ability levels too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just really fun. Um, this is why I ha- also have 400 emails in my inbox and why I didn't read that one in full that you sent me and wasn't fully prepared for this because we have a trip next week that I'm getting ready for. Yeah. So there's, you know, it's I definitely like, uh, yeah, I, I know how to fill my plate, let's say that, but I'm pretty excited about, about these, about these trips. They're, they're really fun. And, and, Clearly, there's a demand for it. And I think um, also it really goes to show just the community that Coalition has built and the reputation that we have, because we've been able to book all of our trips without spending a single dollar on advertising. Yeah. And that feels really good to know that we're on to something and that like we're we're doing it right. Like people want to hang out with us. And I don't think it's because they think we're super cool. It's because they know that it's a safe place for them. And that feels really good. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, in so many elements, like you said, it's, it's open to anyone and uh, just kind of also being able to integrate the past things that you've done prior to Coalition Snow and bring it full circle. And, uh, and also just, you know, make these opportunities more widely available to people who maybe, you know, are like, well, I really would love to go on a a trip with women, non-binary people feel like I can be a part of it. feel like um, I don't have to be the best skier in the world and just like hold that space for different people. So I think that's awesome. And uh, something I want to, I want to go on a trip. These sound, these sound like the best time. (laughs) They're they're pretty fun. I'm not going to lie. We have a good time. And one of the things that's so fun is that, um, you know, for each trip, I start like a WhatsApp group or like a a text group, we all still talk and hang out. So (laughs) last night, I was at dinner with a woman who was on the cycling trip with us this past summer. Um, You know, and and so there's like, we these friendships continue. And I think that that's something that's so powerful about them is, is the relationship building that that happens. And again, like that authenticity that that emerges from the things that that we do. So yeah, they're they're fun. It's good. Nice. Well, it's really cool to hear about far out the retail space and then these amazing trips that you're hosting as well, um, all kind of tied to Coalition Snow. But I know Coalition is also doing a lot more than that. So maybe just highlight a couple other things that you are proud of or that you're happy uh, to kind of bring into the industry and help to hold this space for people who maybe haven't historically been as included. Yeah, well, I would be remiss to not talk about the Indigenous Backcountry Scholarship, with, which is an initiative that we started with one of our ambassadors, Denali Hogden. Um, we started that two years ago. And that is a scholarship that is created for Indigenous backcountry skiers and snowboarders who identify as 
um, women trans or non-binary. Um, and what we provide there is five $1,000 cash scholarships for them to use in any way that they see fit to advance their backcountry experience. And then we also provide um, a pair of skis or a snowboard. And then we have some great partners like True Gear um, and Ordovox who chip in um, for, for a kit. And that has been... That's another thing that like gives me chills and makes me tear up a little bit, just seeing the um, response from the indigenous community. So the, there's it's an all indigenous selection committee. They're the ones who create the application. They're the ones who go through all the applicants. They're the ones who, who choose the applicants. We essentially at Coalition host it and um, financially support it. Uh, but it's really incredible to see, again, how people feel maybe for the first time that they're welcome and included in in the industry, which is ironic because these are the very people who have kept these places um, available to like the, the indigenous communities are the people who have cared for this land. Uh, and and it's it's really sort of, you know, white settlers who are, who are destroying it, but they've, they've held this land and it's available to us. Um, and what an absolute gift that we even get to recreate on it. And what an absolute shame that these communities have, have don't actually have access to this very land that they've cared for. So we've been really clear that our focus is around the indigenous community, specifically because of their relationship with the land in North America um, and how we want to contribute to um you know, them really having the fullest experience that they want want to have and, and not feel like being in the mountains is something that they look at when when really it's a place where, where they want to be. So that's a really special initiative to us. Um, and next year will be the, the third year that we offer that. Um, other things that we do, we, um, we have the Coalition Clubhouse, which is a virtual community. Uh, Evan is our headmistress. She she runs it, and that again is a is a space that is um, curated toward women and non-binary participants. Uh, there's we offer backcountry beta, which is a virtual backcountry workshop. We work with True Gear around that, so that's a once a month workshop that happens in the clubhouse. We have regional groups where people can find each other. We have Thirsty Thursdays where you get to like post your thirst trap of, from from your week. Um, so it's just like this virtual community that really, you know, obviously we started that during COVID because people needed a place to be. Um, and we've just found that it's still a nice place for people to connect with one with each other, with what with what with one another, and also not have to do it through social media. Um, you know, we purposely don't have a Facebook group. We don't do like we don't do these things because I mean, okay, Zuckerberg, you know, so we're just not doing it. Um, so that's another thing that that we do. Um, and then we just, you know, have various events and meetups and, and things. But I think those are the, the two biggest things um, that we do that are that we're really working to build community with through. Yeah, that's super cool. And of course, just to approach it from like this holistic sense of like, how can we have like an indigenous led program, um, mm -hmm. or, you know, just really holding this space and having leaders in this space that, um, you know, make it actual actually sustainable and authentic and mm -hmm. will have a lasting impact on the community. Yeah, so that's really cool. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, uh, let's just pivot a bit because I, I do want to talk a bit about the gear itself. I yeah. know I spent a bunch of time on the Rafiki, yeah. uh, 180 centimeter Rafiki this season. It was the perfect ski for the season we just had, which consisted of a ton of pow and a lot of soft chop in the resort. And I just kept finding myself going back to the Rafiki because it just had such a, a nice balance of maneuverability to like a nice stable, um, powder ski that offered a ton of suspension, especially when the ski was choppier, or cruddier. And I was just a huge fan. And so, Thanks. um, that, yeah, that was a great ski for the season, not just for me here in Crested Butte, but probably across the West, I could imagine. Yeah. Um, and then I know you mentioned that there's also a new ski for next year. So maybe just talk about a couple of the skis that, um, are in the lineup for this upcoming season. And then of course you as a snowboarder, we'd love to hear a bit about the snowboards as well. Yeah. Well, the, the Rafiki, that's, that's becoming a very popular ski. We sold out of that ski in December of this year. So that, wow. um, it's really exciting. Have I ordered more for next year? Yes, I have. No one panic. <laughs> also, this is why you should not try to wait until January to get skis. Uh, but Good yeah, point. so, so the, the Rafiki is a super fun ski. We bill it as a powder ski, but it does really well on, on groomers and it's surfy and, and floaty and fun. Uh, it has a shorter turning radius than the SOS. The SOS has always been our best-selling ski, um, and that's a little bit more of a hard-charging ski. Like it, it holds its it holds itself in in speed. Um, it's it's definitely um, a little bit stiffer because different core materials, um, and it has a longer turning rate radius, and it's also a little bit narrower. The SOS is like the perfect all-mountain ski for the Sierra. Um, and then would probably be considered a powder ski for, um, the East coast, certainly. And, and certain people in, in the Rockies. So those are like the, the, the two best-selling skis that we have. Um, and then we also have the rebel, which, um, is a much narrower, narrower ski with less rocker. Um, and that we, that, that ski does quite well on the East coast. We have the bliss, which is our only true twin. Um, park ski. We have the La Nieve, which is a backcountry specific ski. Um, and so we, those are the skis that we'll continue to bring back next year. Uh, and then we're introducing a new ski that we've been Ooh. working on for two years because nothing happens quickly anymore in life. Um, so I was hoping to get it out this year. We didn't quite get it exactly where I, I wanted to. So um, but we were able to to wrap up some of the the prototyping and and get it there. So this scheme is going to be uh, like ninety two ninety four underfoot. So if you look at our lineup, we're missing that, right? So we've got the like over a hundred dialed. We have like under under ninety, but we don't have this like nice sweet spot ninety two ninety four. So we have this new ski that's really going to bring together our favorite parts of the SOS and the Rafiki for a narrower ski. And I think like one of the things that I'm really proud of with the ski is the name of the ski um, because I just, it like makes me chuckle every time that I think about someone on the sales floor having to actually say the name all the way out loud or like any buyer having to read it. Like all these things, like I just like find great joy. So the ski's name is going to be the Little Honey Yum Yum Baby Cakes Nasty Snack. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, yep. that's good. That's good. And also you get to look at all the nicknames.
themes that could come from it. You'd be like, yes, oh, so it's my, it's a little nasty. Oh, it's baby cakes. Like when you own the ski, you get to then nickname. You have so many nicknames. So it's so just fun. like keeps the, the ski is going to be so fun. We're just, it's fun, 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 fun. Also, you're welcome. And I'm sorry to every person on a sales floor <laughs> who has to sell it, but it's amazing. So yeah, I'm already yeah. picturing when I review that ski, having to type that out a hundred times. So yeah. thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the new ski that um, we might be having sort of a midwinter launch on that, depending on how production goes. Cause again, the world that we live in, things are not, things are not back to how they were before COVID and they likely never will. So we just have to be like a little bit more patient and timelines shift a little bit. Um, but we're super excited. We're, we're in the process of making our final molds now. So prototyping done, we're building molds now. So excited about that. Um, in terms of, of snowboards, the most recent board that we came out with, um, not last year, I think, but the season before is we took our Sojourner split board and we turned it into a solid. And that board fucking rips. I used it all winter long. It's incredible. That it is just like so fun. I can't stand it. And I um, obviously I'm very fortunate and privileged that I can have a quiver. So of course, you know, I have, I have the split board and then I, the myth is my daily driver. Um, and then I was like, yeah, you need to have that solid. And it really like, if you really love to shred pow, you need that board. It is so fun. <laughs> so that's, um, I love that, that board. Um, and that, the, the sojourner, both the split board and the solid, are made here in Lake Tahoe, which is super fun. Um, and then we have the Myth and the Queen Bee, which we're actually updating the core materials a little bit this season and really excited about um, what that looks like. Um, but the Myth is just my, like, it's my go-to. It's my girl. She just shows up for me every way I need her to. Um, and then people who like the park really like the Queen Bee, but I'm old. So I try to like, when I get four inches, I'm like, you crush, you just got serious air way to go. So I leave the bigger stuff to other people. And that's where the, the queen bee um, really shines there. Fair enough. Nice. So well, that's great to hear kind of the whole lineup going into the 2024 season, yeah. a new ski sprinkled in there. Let's mm -hmm. just hear the name one more time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lil honey, yum, yum, baby cakes, nasty snack. Also, I'm going to oh, trademark yes. that. So none of you think you're going to go take that's mine. I will find you. Yeah, don't touch it. It happened here. Everyone knows. Don't even don't even try to do it. We'll come for you. It's untouchable. That's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for the yeah the breakdown of the lineup going into next season. My pleasure. Looking forward to spending more time on Coalition Skis. That's that's great. Thank you. All right. Well, it's awesome to hear about the skis and snowboards for next year. I think uh, I also just want to hear maybe thinking back to the broader industry, how you've kind of tracked the changes over the last 10 years, maybe what you've seen get better and how this uh, space has progressed. I would definitely say that I see you as a leader in that space. And it's really awesome to see what Coalition Snow has accomplished in the last 10 years. Um, but yeah, maybe just speak a bit to how you're seeing the industry transform and maybe what's currently inspiring you to keep leading this charge. Yeah, I would say that we're having conversations now that we weren't having 10 years ago. Um, and I would say 10 years ago, we were probably the only brand having these conversations. And now everyone's having them. Clearly, certain people are having more robust conversations than others. And people are doing more than others. But there is just this wider range um, of conversations and perspectives 
um, in the industry that didn't exist a decade ago. And unfortunately, I, I do think that that had to come, you know, that came about through incredible pain and, and suffering um, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and, and Black Lives Matter and, and this, this uh, country and the industry um, being forced to, to, you know, this, this reckoning and this, this being forced to really have this mirror of, of where we're at and what we're doing. I think some people manage change and manage pain in different ways. Um, and you can definitely see that there's some brands who've really embraced it and said, we absolutely need to do better. And they're doing so in a really meaningful and authentic way. And then there's other brands who are still acting performatively and think that um, having black models on Instagram is enough or having like a giveaway or I don't know, just other dumb shit that that's enough. And it's not. So people are in different points in their, in their journey on this. And, uh, but we weren't having these conversations 10 years ago. And so I think that we're really um, fortunate to be at, at, at a time where these, um, these conversations are, are important, not just from, um, you know, values perspective, but from a business perspective, if we look at shifting demographics in the United States, we absolutely have to understand that a white perspective is will not like white people will not be the majority race in the United States in 20 years. Like there is, um, there is a business Im imperative, um, particularly in an industry that is facing incredible challenges with supply chain, rising costs and climate change. It's time to figure out how to get more people involved. So it goes sort of outside of the the, the values. Um, so yes, yeah, so I think that I think we have seen that change. I um, I still you know find myself frustrated with different brands and different um, people in the industry who haven't really figured it out because by this you all know by this you know you're just making choices. Um, and there definitely are people who inspire me. Like I look at. Annette, who started Edge PNW, um, really impressed with her work. Humira Falkenberg, Myrna Valerio. So there's there's people who um, are are just simply by showing up and taking up space, um, helping to make the industry more inclusive because they're they're refusing to be put into the sidelines. So I'm I'm just really impressed with what I would say is the courage of anybody who doesn't look like, you know, what a historically traditional skier or snowboarder looks like to show up and take up that space. I'm always incredibly inspired by them because they, they're taking a really big risk, um, and, and helping to create a culture where they're, where that's not so risky is really the work that needs to be, be done. Um, but I am, I'm inspired. I'm, yeah, I'm just inspired by these individuals who are putting themselves out there, um, more so than, necessarily like other brands or bit or businesses. Um, and I do think that, um, I do think that we're on the right track. It's just going to be interesting to see how we get there. And then also like, are we going to take steps back? Because right now you're seeing a lot of people pulling back on various initiatives all under the guise of um, the economy and not meeting sales goals. And like, yeah, I get it. Like, the industry suffered this last year. Like inflation has hurt us, overproduction, people not having stimulus checks. Like it's it's pretty rough. Um, but one of the first things you're seeing, and you see it in the cycling industry, I won't name names, but you all know who I'm talking about, where they are like cutting back on a lot of these initiatives. And I think people will remember that. And that's not really what should be happening. So I'm hopeful 
that there'll be longstanding change. I know that there's been enough push that we're we're definitely ahead of where we were, but unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen fast enough, and we're going to probably slide back a little bit. Yeah, well said. And um, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, some of this is short-term thinking to address problems, but what we need is long-standing change. Mm-hmm. And so, for the brands that are providing the models, and for the people that are showing up, you know, we're very grateful to them because. For all the countless reasons the industry needs to be doing this, and there are so many, the very premise being the survivability of our mm-hmm. of our industry itself. And so, yeah, yeah, I think well said and gives people kind of a lot to think about as far as like, you know, are these performative acts or are they deep and authentic and actually creating lasting change within the industry? Yeah, you have to like, you can't create change without suffering a little bit. Like y'all have to take a hit. Everybody has to take a hit. So don't, don't think you can have it both ways. And there's, and there's a lot of um, joy and growth that happens in that bit of yeah. suffering and, and taking a hit. So I, I encourage yeah, more it people might be to uncomfortable. It. Yeah, <laughs> it might be uncomfortable, but long term, it'll be better. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Well, um, let's just close it out on maybe talking to sort of the goals for Coalition Snow and all that you're doing, um, you know, sort of where you're at, we kind of got a really good gauge of where you're at, where you've come from, how incredible that journey has been. But when you look to the future, what are you thinking about? And uh, what are the goals for Coalition Snow as they exist today? Yeah, the biggest goal is to stay in business. That's it. Like, we don't, we can't do all this work. And I don't have an opportunity to speak about things. And our team doesn't have the opportunity to to speak to these things. We don't have an opportunity to continue to push the industry and change the industry if we don't stay in business. So I'm very focused on what that looks like. Um, And I would encourage anybody who feels like they're in alignment with our values or any other brands that values that really what you must do is financially support them. That's, that's it. The doors don't stay open unless we sell things. So I'm quite focused on that. Um, next year is our 10 year celebration. We're going to be throwing ourselves birthday parties all over the place. The theme is I like older women. That's the theme. Again, you're welcome. <laughs> everyone wait till you see the t-shirts. Oh, Just yeah. wait. Um, so I'm really like right now, the team's really focused on what our 10 year celebration throughout an entire season looks like and planning all of those events and campaigns, um, and product launches and really dialing that, um, now. So we're, we're, I'm excited about that. Um, I think people can also just expect to see us offering more trips. Uh, I think you can expect to see us hosting more events around the country. Um, and I think that you can expect us to continue to say and do the things that makes some people erupt with, um, laughter and joy and other people, um, you know, unfollow us and wish that we'd go away. We're going to keep doing that. (laughs) We're going to keep showing up in that way. Um, and just, you know, push, push for the change that, that needs to happen. But it's this turning 10 is a pretty big deal. And that's what we're really focused on now and, um, celebrating celebrating what that means as a business, particularly in the, in this industry. Yeah. Well, Jen, that's awesome. I mean, it's, it's incredibly inspiring to see what you're doing in the industry and how you've kind of helped pave this path. So just keep doing it. You're killing it. And thank you. Uh, we love what Coalition Snow is up to. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. And uh, just one side note for anyone who's been interested, maybe on these trips that you're talking about, some of these events, um, what's the best way for them to find out more? 
If you go to our website, coalitionsnow.com, you'll find everything in the navigation. So you can shop skis and snowboards. You can click on far out. Um, every, you know, you can, in the about section, you can see the Indigenous Backcountry Scholarship. There's a link to the clubhouse. Everything's on the website. Uh, so that is the best place to go. And then certainly you can give us a follow on Instagram at Coalition Snow. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jen. It was great talking to you today. Thank you. All right, everybody. Well, that concludes this week's edition of Gear 30, which brings me to the weekly What We're Celebrating segment. And this week, I am celebrating the fact that right now I could bike, climb, or go ski not too far away from my backyard. And while the skiing hasn't been totally optimal, and neither has the biking, it's been really fun to have the options and make the most of this warming up Uh, pretty beautiful spring weather. And as Luke Coppa and I were commenting on, as we made our way uphill testing some new terrain gear just the other day, this spring hasn't been too terribly windy. So we'll take it. Cheers to that. I want to thank Jen, of course, for sharing this conversation with me and being willing to do things differently. I want to thank Justin Bob for producing this episode and for all the other things you do for us here at Blister. And of course, I want to thank all of you, our listeners, for tuning in. All right, we'll talk to you again real soon on all of our other podcasts and we'll leave it at that. Cheers, everybody.